The U.S. Open main draw starts Monday, and ESPN's extensive first ball to last ball coverage returns. Cameras are on every court. Each is available on the ESPN app between ESPN Plus and ESPN3. Then there's a total of about 160 hours of television, all of it is live. Uh, we uh, have John McEnroe on the line here. Chris Everett should be joining us shortly. And before we get to the Q&A, I've asked Production Vice President Jamie Reynolds to say a few words about the event, which, oh, by the way, ESPN's biggest production of the year, not just tennis, but anything, bigger than um, NBA Finals and uh, the mega cast on uh, the College Football National Championship. And we won a sports Emmy for this event this spring in the category of technical team remote, which says a lot about what our peers think of us. Jamie, thanks for joining, and what should people know about this production? Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you, Dave. Uh, John, Chrissy will be here in a moment as well. Uh, just wanted to say thanks for the opportunity. We are in the uh, final day right now of the qualifying round. It's been 24 hours of coverage this week. Hope folks have had a chance to sample some of that. We've had five courts running uh, really as a precursor to set up the two weeks that begin on Monday. In addition to 16 courts of coverage that we are producing uh, over this run, we have about 750 personnel uh, here on site for the three-week run. We rent over 500 hotel rooms in Manhattan, which is a uh, uh, hope it's a boost to the local economy. Uh, but in terms of the number of hours uh, and the number of courts and the stories that we all anticipate, we're excited to be a part of this. Certainly, I think everybody's attention right now is geared towards uh, the, the matchup between Maria and Serena on Monday. We're looking forward to that. Uh, and certainly the rest of the, the men's side as well. Uh, it should be a very exciting tournament for all of us. Our talent roster is deep, as you, as you know. We've got Chris Fowler and Chris McKendry playing uh, the host role in play-by-play -play and the depth of the analysts featuring John, Chrissy, Patrick McEnroe, Darren Cahill, Brad Gilbert, Pam Shriver, Mary Jo Fernandez, uh, and a host of others, we hope that we can amplify this tournament and make it uh, a tremendous event. So thanks for the opportunity and look forward to being available to any and all as, uh, as you see fit. All right. Thank you, Jamie. Batting leadoff today is Wayne Coffey at USA Today, and he will be followed by Rory Carroll at Reuters. Hello, Wayne. Thanks, Dave. Uh, well, the, the temptation is to uh, ask John about the resurgent New York Mets, but we'll skip that uh, and go with, uh, <laughs> yeah. go with another uh, another team. John, we're, we're now 16 years past uh, Andy Roddick's title, and uh, not to uh, trot out a, a perennial theme, but uh, we have one American now ranked in the, on the male side in the top 25. Do you see that changing anytime soon? And, and in the bigger picture of the tournament, does it really matter? Well, I think that certainly would be helpful if we had an American player that was competing with the likes of the top dogs. There's no question about that. And, and moving forward, when we're talking about Sissy Pass or Medvedev or Felix Oliusim or Shapovalov, you know, you'd like to be hopefully including uh, Opelka, I think he's going to be a top 10 player eventually. Our TFO uh, has uh, made headway. He's struggled a bit recently, but he seems to be 
getting, you know, getting his act together, likes to play in hard courts. I believe he'll be a top 10 player. I think that they still need to add something to their game um, to make that jump where they could potentially be a, a Grand Slam winner. So at the moment, they're lagging behind some of the other players, a couple of the other Russian guys. There's uh, some youngsters appearing. Uh, and then you have to, you know, see what's left in the tank. I mean, John uh, has been struggling. Is there that is struggling with injury? So I think, I don't know if he's 100% yet. Some of these big guys have been struggling. So um, it's hard to say, uh, you know, how um, how well they'll do. But as far as, you know, winning majors, I, I, I wouldn't see at this particular point those, you know, the veteran guys. I think they're dangerous, but I don't think they could – be winning majors. So, you know, we're in a frustrating period that's continuing. um, And hopefully uh, that'll change sooner rather than later. Thank you, John. Okay, next up is Rory at Reuters, and then Helene Elliott at the LA Times. Hey there. Um, We're still waiting for Chrissy, is that correct? Yeah, she. I, I apologize. She's doing a WTA appearance. She's on her way here to the phone in minutes. So we, I okay. think on round two we can we can get Chrissy involved. Okay, excellent. Thank you. Um, hey, John. So, is there anyone outside the big three who you think could could pull off an upset? And is there anything about the U.S. Open and the energy of this tournament that helps an underdog kind of get over that hump and? Um, can use that energy to their advantage? Um, or do you think it's just going to be one of the, of the, the big three this year? Well, I, I mean, I, I do think it, it, it will be one of the three at, at the, this present time. But I, to answer your question, it definitely could help. And uh, if they suddenly start to feel some energy coming from, you know, one of these youngsters or someone who's been, you know, struggling uh, and has never gotten over the hump, certainly they will get behind them as well. I mean, they love an underdog. Um, I think it's time for some fresh blood to break through. You know, these guys are the three greatest guys that ever played the game. So um, we have to enjoy that, appreciate that. And these guys are, you know, even more difficult to beat when the chips are down, when it's best of five. They just understand what it takes better than these other players. They've got the talent to back it up. And it's a tall order uh, for any of these guys because you have to be, you know, potentially at least the two of them. In some cases, uh, three of them. So that's 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 seemingly uh, almost impossible to do. So you, perhaps with a little bit of luck, um, something happens where a draw opens up because one of them. I mean, they're human. And they, you know, at some stage they're going to start losing more. So that uh, you, you've seen that. I mean, Roger was out for six months. Roth has been in and out. He re- he defaulted in the semis last year. Novak had a couple years where he he didn't seem like the same guy. He, uh, and now he's back with a vengeance. But you know, there's a couple guys that at least look like they've sort of they're they've got plans. You know, Medvedev is the guy to me that. Best looks like he's awkward. People don't like playing him. He understands the strategy and subtleties of the game better than almost any of the other younger players. So I, I, I find him the most interesting sort of mentally right now, and I think there's some young guys catching up, uh, and hopefully um, we'll see some breakthroughs this year. Great. Thank you. Okay, next up, Helene Elliott at the L.A. Times, and then Harvey Arriton at the New York Times. Hi, uh, I wanted to ask about uh, Serena Williams, actually, and whether 
you think, based on what you've seen and what you know about her injuries recently, whether you think she can win that 24th Grand Slam or or more? Well, I never think that she can't win. Um, I'm not sure what, you know, to what extent, uh, how injured she was in the first place or how much she's recovered given the injuries she did have with the back. The back spasmed up at the time. And then I believe in Toronto she said um, that it was something that usually only takes a day or two and it's fine. Well, then it turned out she wasn't ready for Cincy. So presumably, um, obviously, at her stage, she's focusing on the majors and trying to be uh, – Break, break all records. Uh, uh, it's hard for me even now, even though I know she hasn't won an event since she came, since she had her kid, uh, for me to think she's not the favorite uh, going in. Uh, so, of course, there's 15 players on the women's side, I believe, that could win it. But uh, I still, the way that she plays and um, and the, the progress that I've seen, uh, she seems closer and closer. But you know, obviously you saw Halep get, you know, she played the match of her life. So again, you know, she's human also. And she's, you know, she's has a taller order to try to pull it off because, because of, you know, having a kid and, and the time that she missed, that makes it more difficult than perhaps the guys, you know, Roger and Serena are about the same age and none of these guys are, or girls are young. So uh, it's, it's remarkable what they're doing. I think Serena's done pretty darn well. You get to, you know, three finals in a row, and I'm sure she'd want to put behind her what happened here last year at the end. Thank you. All right, next up, Harvey Arrington at the New York Times and then Barbara Barker at Newsday. Hey, John. Um, wondering if you think that um, – the younger players on the men's side inability to uh to take on the you know the big 3 at the slams when they have had some success in other tournaments in best of 3 uh, i was wondering if if you thought the the best of 5 challenge in dealing with djokovic rafa and roger is more of a physical uh obstacle or a mental obstacle well i mean it's it's difficult to pinpoint i mean it depends which player you're talking about um you know with curious it's physical because uh, i think that he's had a difficult time getting himself in the type of condition where he could go the distance i mean he's talked about it he doesn't train hard enough. i think he's training harder but you still you have to take it to these stratospheric levels so certainly the physical part's a big part look how calm roger keeps himself you know, in this, in any situation, that's a talent that, you know, you save energy. You don't waste energy. Rafa seems to be, have boundless energy. Well, guess what? You know, he's training this harder, harder than anyone. Novak has got a combination of what the two have. He gets it uh, on the court, you know, the stress that can cause fatigue. I mean, that's the thing that a lot of kids, you know, find out when they're faced uh, with difficult situations all of a sudden they can't figure out why they're tired well they got to understand the mental part of it this is a big part of what you need to do in order to uh, get over the hump i mean these young players are making some pretty good progress generally some guys have stalled you know sissy pass um he struggled recently he's had trouble dealing with some people as close to his own age he's and he, he didn't doesn't really understand i don't think what he needs to do on a quicker hard court or a grass court. So the, it, it, it depends on each person. Um, 
some of these guys, you know, Ali Usim from Canada and Shapovalov, if you look at them physically, they're pretty darn uh, mature. You know, they, one's, I think, 20, the other's 19, and they both look like they're 25. You know, they look ready to go. But um, last year, Felix had some issues with his, his heart. Um, it seems to be behind him, which is great, but he looks at, you know, so you think that he'd be capable of doing it. Dennis, physically, I, I think his, his is more, you know, in his case, it could be more mental, you know, with the, the strength you need mentally to deal with these guys. So they're making progress. It's the guys that, you know, mid to late 20s, early 30s that have had the tougher time, I, I believe, dealing with the mental part of it and understanding what it takes uh, to get over the hump with the top guys. And that's what separates them. Thank you. Okay, next up, Barbara Barker at Newsday, and then Tara Sullivan at the Boston Globe. Uh, yeah, John, I wanted to follow up on young players, specifically uh, the pressure like a young American Coco might feel playing at, at, you know, at the U.S. Open, and you know, maybe your opinion about the best way to protect her. You know, that's a very, very difficult question to know the answer to. Um, um, her parents seem to be in charge of everything. Uh, they are obviously and uh, understandably excited as, as she brought this incredible shot of adrenaline shot in the arm to Wimbledon. So uh, there's a lot of people, uh, myself included, that hope that she's handled in the right way, that so she can enjoy her career the next 15, 20 years and not burn out at a young age. So clearly when you're that young, you have to you have to really try to, think this through and not, you know, to me, less is more, you know, and, and let's try to keep this at a, where it doesn't get crazy too soon. Um, and that's a dilemma that, uh, that, a, that a lot of younger players face as they, as they work their way up the ladder. And that's, you know, it's a key to understanding success. Part of why I've um, advocated going to college, uh, for example, or, or to, you know, not rushing into things too early is because I think it allows the kids to mature, you know, mentally grow up a little bit so that they could appreciate what comes their way. I mean, how can you expect a 15-year-old to understand and be able to um, handle what, what is being thrust at her? So, you know, I'm praying for them because I think she's a tremendous – she seems like – I only met her a couple times – seems like a tremendous girl, and uh, she's obviously could be – the best player in the world if, if things go right. Wow. Thanks. Okay, next is Tara Sullivan at the Boston Globe and then Bob Larson at Daily Tennis. Hi, John. I was wondering if you, still as just an observer of the game, enjoy when the old guard makes their runs, whether, you know, it's because you talk so well about the young people and sort of the, the wish for them to kind of challenge those guys. Do you still enjoy it, or are you tired of seeing some of the same people win over and over again on both the men's and women's side? Well, I mean, I, I, I admire it. You know, I, I understand to some degree that, uh, you know, what it takes to, to win an, an event like this. So um, I have a lot of respect for those guys is what I do. I mean, those guys, I mean, when you're watching the three, arguably to me, they are the best three best players that ever played if you got, if you can't enjoy it until they retire, you should have your head examined. But I would like to see some of these kids make more of an impact. They've got to want it more and be hungrier, and just they just got to battle. That's what these these top guys teach you. You got to dig in deeper. You got to just you know do do more and whatever it takes. Just you, 
can't allow yourself to get psyched out. I mean, they're going to, they're going to do that to you in different ways as they should. And they have the experience and the wherewithal to take advantage of it. And I admire them for that. But I'm, you know, personally, I mean, listen, these guys look at the success. What is it? 2018 and 16. I mean, would I like to see some, someone who's never won it before? Yeah, I would. I, would, I think it would be good for, for the game. However, watching these guys, uh, it's, it's been, um, it's been, a uh, you know, for me, even, uh, I, I feel like I learned something there, you know, you think of you, and sometimes you think of you, your own career, or you think of things that other players have tried to do better. What I did. And you say, wow, I, it's extremely impressive to see them be able to continue to improve in a way, which is in our day, we thought, you know, we, we thought at 25 or late twenties that that was the best you're going to get. And to see, the level they're playing at in their 30s is amazing. I don't know if I can ladies and gentlemen, Dave, ladies and gentlemen, I'm happy to report that that Chris Everett is now in the booth as well. So you have Johnny Mack and Chrissy together. I profusely apologize for being late, and I totally forgot about this. Sorry. All right, Hello. glad to have you with us. Chrissy? Thanks for the reminder. Thanks for reminders, Steve. <laughs> uh, okay, Bob Larson now at Daily Tennis, and then yep. it'll be Andrew Both at Reuters. No questions. Thank you. Okay. We'll move on quickly to Andrew Both at Reuters, and then Richard Evans at TennisChannel.com. Andrew, are you there? Uh, hello, John, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I can hear you. I just wanted to ask you, uh, please, uh, what you thought of Curios's prospects this week and uh, whether you think he must be a nightmare to place a bet on one way or the other. <laughs> well, I think you might know the answer to that. So um, as far as his prospects, uh, that's, you know, also almost as equally unpredictable. Um, you know, he's talking more and saying more of the right things. I mean, we all saw what, you know, the meltdown in um, Washington. Um, you also saw him win the tournament. I mean, and since he's sorry. And, you know, but you also saw him win, win the tournament um, in Washington. So you, you know, sort of the full roller coaster ride in a way. I mean, obviously with Nick, um, he's had more, and this isn't, you know, something that everyone doesn't know, but he's had difficulty, uh, rising to the occasion against the guys that he should beat as opposed to the guys that, you know, the top guys, his record against the top guys is, is as good as anyone's pretty much, but it's getting there to get to the point to have the opportunity. So, I mean, obviously in best of five, uh, fitness becomes more of a factor. You can't, you can't um, get away with that uh, the way you could potentially. I mean, look at the guy's got one of the best serves in the game and he's, to me, the most talented player that is, you know, in terms of tennis talent in 10 years. So he exhibits that, you know, when he wants to. Um, hopefully he's going to want to do it here. Okay, great. Thank you. All right, next up is Richard Evans at TennisChannel.com and then Bruno Montpetit at RDS in Canada. Hello, John. Hello, Chrissy. Um, Chrissy, um, welcome. <laughs> uh, I'd like 
you to uh, just talk about um, the young generation Osaka, Barty, Andrescu, Coco. Out of that quartet, or maybe you've got others, uh, who do you think uh, is going to have the longest and most successful career? Wow. I, I don't have a crystal ball. I mean, that that depends on so many things, so many factors, and as you know, when you're young. I don't know. You know, Coco Golf has had one uh, fantastic tournament at Wimbledon, uh, and I hope we're not putting too much pressure on her because it's we. You know, it's the press and the media and and the expectations. And I, But looking at her game, the way she played at Wimbledon, she has everything skill set-wise uh, as far as power and touch and variety of shots. And she seems to have everything uh, composure-wise, you know, just emotionally and mentally. She's very focused. She's very hungry. And, you know, she kind of has that competitiveness that I think – isn't she's not going to choke? She's not going to get that tight. I think she's just going to be very, very composed in the future. And at 15 years old, to have all those components is in tennis is uh, quite remarkable and quite unforeseen. I saw it. I think the last time I saw it was in Martina Hingis. She seemed to have it all, also. So I, I give her a lot of longevity. The, the one thing I worry about Andreescu is is um, the the injuries. You know, she played a great Indian Wells, and then we didn't see her for three months. And then she all of a sudden, she, she wins her last tournament, the Canadian Open. And, you know, I'm just a little worried about her, her fitness, if, she, if she's going to keep getting injured. Um, but I love her game. And, again, she's, she's in your, she plays in-your-face tennis, and I love that aggressiveness. Um, Amanda Anasimova, I have a lot of faith in her, again, Beautiful, beautiful strokes and beautiful composure. I, I like her chances. Kennan's come out of, you know, the blue as far as the last couple of years, and she's what, uh, you know, you know her as well as I know her. It, she's just hungry, hungrier than probably anybody out there. And she wants it, and she's been having some great results. So, I mean, I think they're, it's a great generation. It's almost like from Serena and Venus we skipped a generation of Americans, and now we're getting – to a very, very, um, a great, a lot of depth and a generation that all of a sudden, you know, players are popping out of nowhere. So um, I think women's tennis looks very healthy. And it's coming at a good time because in the next couple of years, we may lose some of our biggest names. Excuse me. Okay, next up is Bruno in Canada, and then Joel Tansy from the Japan Times. Hi, Chris. Hi, John. Thanks very much for doing that. Uh, I will have two questions, please. Uh, first of all, how do you see Felix uh, Auger doing in the U.S. Open, and do you think now that maybe your opponent know him a little more? Does he have to adjust a little bit or change his style a little bit, or it might be a bit tougher for him? Um, who did you say needed to change his uh, style? Felix? Uh, no, n- not to change it, but I said that opponent know him better now. He's an established, well, at, you know, he's been in the top 25, top 30 for a little while. So he's part of that group pretty much now. 
I think Felix is doing great. You know, he's, he's to me, you know, he could be the uh, heir apparent. Um, I mean, I, it's too bad that him and Dennis are playing first round. I mean, Dennis is, uh, those two grew up together. So uh, it's sort of a shame that um, we're going to lose one, you know, in the first round. But, um, you know, having said that, uh, both guys uh, have the ability to be top five players. Uh, you know, they obviously have to learn some stuff. Uh, Felix is, you know, he's one of those guys I just was – with him yesterday, uh, he's 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 very mature for his age. He's wise beyond his years, so he seems to uh, be doing incredible. And uh, Dennis is, you know, been struggling for a while, but he's down in Winston Salem. Seems to be uh, hitting, you know, playing, winning some matches that could help him. So I mean, it's it, it, after that, it's it's more difficult to say. I mean, he's a, Felix is seeded. Uh, his first seed is Montfees. I mean, he's in unpredictable, so that's not like you know, a match that he couldn't win, uh, hypothetically. And so he's, I mean, I, I think he gets, uh, he's not looking too far ahead right now. But uh, having said that, I suspect, you know, in the next few years, you're going to see some really big things from him. Thanks very much. And also about Bianca Andrescu, I do see her compete in the uh, U.S. Open. And also, uh, she leaves a lot on the court, you know, even the, the uh, Aurora, uh, the games in Albany there. Um Somebody said, you know, maybe she was too intense just for the exhibition game. Um, do you think she will have to adjust to that, or you know, that's the way she is? Uh, well, I'll answer that really quickly and let Chrissy finish. But I think she's tremendous for the game. Her personality, uh, she expresses herself, and it comes out in her play. She's one of the best young competitors I've seen in ten years. So. I would sort of uh, hope that she stays healthy because if she does, I think she's going to win Grand Slam events if she stays healthy. So I, I really like her personality, the way she plays on the court, the effort that she gives. So I think she's great for the game. Thanks very much, John. Yeah, I, I, yeah I think as far as the, the Aurora games, um, you know, you need to be competitive. I don't, I don't know if they're necessarily all exhibition. I think players really want to test themselves against other players the week before the U.S. Open, and and I think to get their to play their best tennis, they have to t take it seriously. So I, I I didn't see that match, but the thing with her is that she is um, she has such passion in every point, and I think that's why she's successful, and that's why she's winning tournaments because she's in the moment every point, and. Um, with that enthusiasm, she's winning a lot of fans and a lot of popularity. And I think, uh, you know, I love that about her. Uh, it, it, it will probably burn her out sooner than most players because she just gives so much physically and emotionally when she plays. So that's why she needs to really look at her schedule and take the breaks that she needs and manage her schedule, you know, appropriately. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay, next up is Joel Tansy all the way from the Japan Times, and then it's Stuart Frazier at the London Times. Hi, thanks for doing the call. Um, it's been five years since uh, Nishikori beat Djokovic to make his only slam final. Do you think he's any closer to getting over the hump, or is his window pretty much closed? Uh, well, I mean... <laughs> 
you never want to close anyone's window, but you know, look, you just have to take a look at you know what he's up against. Uh, I think it was you know unexpected and tremendous that he was able to get to the finals in the first place. So that should be lo- be looked at uh, in a very positive manner. You know, to be able to, as I said earlier in this this conference call, beat beat two or three of these guys. I mean, he's not a particularly big guy. I think he played great against Roger in uh, Wimbledon. You know, he's just he's outmatched uh, when it boils down to it. So, you know, there'd have to be a number of things that would fall his way uh, in order for him to make that type of run again. Um, it is, um, you know, I think he's done as well as he possibly could. He's, he's he brought in Michael Chang a number of years ago. I think that helped him. And, and helped him mentally, um, but it, it's asking a lot to expect him to be able to go and win a slam when you've got this, the three greatest guys that ever played. You've got some veterans still around, and then you got these younger guys that are, are would certainly hope are hungry. So I still think he's you know remaining a factor. He's the only non-European right now in the top ten. Period. So uh, I think he's had a great career for you know what he's you know, what he's brought to the table. He should be proud of himself, and you know not. I don't think he needs to put extra pressure on himself to, in order to uh, you know prove himself. But you know his draw is about as you know as favorable as it can be early on. You know for him, he's got a fairly good looking draw that could allow him to make a run to the quarters, and then you know you never know. You just got to. You just got to just hope things fall your way. Is there anything strategically that you'd like to see him do in these in these matches against the big three that he's not doing now? I'm not sure there's a whole lot he can do. You know, he's being, you know, it's hard for him to dictate against those guys. They dictate to him. He's got to react. It's hard to do that. He tried to be proactive, um, use his speed to his advantage. He did a great job against Federer, and Federer just took it up another notch. So uh, you've got players that have more to offer you know these guys are all-time greats for a reason they've got uh, options and uh, they use those when they need to and so uh, i think that k's become a you know he's worked hard on his serve he's become a better volleyer. he occasionally comes in and the, he probably serves and volleys more than uh people would expect for a guy that uh doesn't have a, a big serve compared to a lot of the others and so he's absolutely in my book tried everything he could to hang with these guys and i think that you know he should be very proud of that thank you very much okay next we go to Stuart frazier at the times of london and then we finish up round one with james sharp at the sunday mail uh hi there uh john someone pointed out to me recently um that well earlier this week that Forty years ago, there were 26 American men in the top 50, which I actually had to double-check. I found that fascinating because now there are only four. I just wondered if you could sort of um, give your thoughts and maybe some of the issues that American men's tennis has experienced in the last few years. And also, Chrissy, um, on the women's side, it seems to actually be quite good at the moment. You know, there seems to be quite a bit of a battle coming up for the Olympic spots. Well, as far as the men go, I think that, uh, you know, one of the things, uh, factors, there's a number of them, but having the tennis in the Olympics as an example, uh, federations putting more money into the sport of tennis in Europe in particular, uh, countries that didn't have much of a history of uh, tennis in the past, 
have been able to take use that to advantage. Others that uh, have had a history, the Czech Republic, uh, Russia, you know, uh, there's certain countries that have, have put more of an emphasis on tennis and and you've seen some of their top athletes uh, play play the sport. Whereas in America, over the course of the last 40 years, uh, unfortunately, I don't think our sport has grown to where uh, it, it, in the women's. I think it's the best, you know, for young girls. It's the playing field's more level than anything else. So I think you're seeing the best athletes play tennis. And the men, it's not quite the same. I think that you know basketball has grown quite a bit. Become a bigger and bigger sport. So you see the young kids, uh, particularly a lot of the kids that can't afford to play tennis, uh, play basketball or American football and soccer uh, has been become more of a viable option. So, you know, these, we, we have some very good athletes. TFO is a great athlete. I think that's a big part of his success, but you need to get, you know, more, more and more of them to uh, give the, give the kids a chance to do it. I think that would be the biggest, uh, would be the, the the number one thing, um, and and you know there's a lot of other things we could talk for hours. Uh, are, are they spoiled? Do they get too yeah. much too soon? Um, do they not go to college and 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 develop as people? I mean, there's a lot of things that go into this that that we don't know exactly the answer to, but it should be looked at. I think people are looking at it, and uh, hopefully over the course of the next ten years that will change. We'll have some breakthroughs in the men's game because I think that would be the type of shot in the arm. You got to get a cool factor, something that people want to do. I was lucky coming in at a time the seventies and the eighties where it just seemed like people more and more people were playing tennis. And and I think at the moment, you know, we've lost some of that. And um, it'd be awesome if we could get it back because to me it's a great sport. It's a sport. <laughs> That you know, you you have to show a lot of skills. You have to show endurance. You have to show speed. You have to show toughness mentally. You're out there on your own. There's a lot of things that, to me, make this a great sport. So uh, we've got to be able to point that out to the parents and kids even better, so that more people want to do it. You know, I think that men's tennis it's an uphill battle because of what John said. Because of the it's it ranks low eight, nine, ten as far as you know popularity. Uh, in men's sports, and and I think therefore we don't get our we don't get the best athletes, and I think women it, tennis is number one in the world globally. You know, it, it's just uh, when you look at the prize money, you look at the exposure, you look at the 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 role models, the sponsorship. Um, you know, Serena Williams, Maria Sharapova. I mean, they're just known all over the world and I think every girl aspires to be a tennis player probably more than any other sport although women's soccer is quickly you know catching up so I think the women have it a little bit easier in trying to get the best athletes and the men you know it's been tough and a lot of kids at a young age still enjoy team sports and they like that camaraderie and they don't like the pressure of being one-on-one against somebody and and so hopefully, you know, something can be done. And I think John said something very interesting. Let's just get a, a Kyrgios who doesn't lose his temper so much. You know, let's just get a guy like him and to really enhance and promote the sport even more for the younger kids. Thank you very much. All right, we will uh, go now to James Sharp at the Sunday Mail, and then we'll see how many we can fit in to the top of the hour. Going back to the uh, top of the list here with Rory Carroll at Reuters and then Helene at the L.A. Times. James. 
Uh, hi, John, Chrissy. Um, John, you mentioned earlier about what happened uh, with Serena at the end of last year's tournament, and Chris, I know that you were there down on court at the time. It's been announced today mm-hmm. that Carlos Ramos won't referee any of the Williams matches this tournament. However, Serena's coach told ESPN series backstory that he thought it was the best moment in tennis in the last 10 years because of the drama uh, and the profile it kind of gave to tennis because of it. How, both of you, how much or how little do you agree with that sentiment and your memories of that? I, I don't agree with that at all. Um, yes, it got a lot of exposure, but I mean, so do other bad things that happen in the world. Um, I, I don't think it was good for the sport of tennis, the integrity of the game, and I think the rules were the culprit. It wasn't, uh, you know, I don't point my finger at Carlos or, or uh, Serena at this point because it, it, the rules are so vague and it, there's such a gray area that there needs to be more black and white in the, in the game. So I, I don't think it was good. I was down in the, uh, at the level um, presenting the trophy and as John was the next day in the men's and um, it was thundering, it was vibrating, the floor was vibrating, the boos were deafening and I looked over and I saw um, Naomi Osaka sobbing. So to me, that isn't the, the greatest thing that's ever happened in sport. It was period. Yeah, you know, my quick two cents is it's generally that uh, I mean, I suppose, and I pretty much agree with what Chrissy said. Uh, actually, uh, I don't, unless you believe any press is good press, which I'm not sure is the case. I mean, it certainly brought some uh, attention. Obviously, they're still talking about it now, and they just did some type of documentary or something. So, I mean, that speaks for itself. Hopefully, something good can come come out of it ultimately, because it was a lose lose to me for the you know the ref, Serena, tennis. Naomi was obviously extremely upset, so that was like a, a bit of a train wreck. Yeah, thanks, thanks guys. And just just uh, another one quickly from me. Um, Andy Murray, I, I know um, he's not going to be um, competing here, but how, how do you think he's looked since he came back? How do you think he's looked in the singles? What level do you, do you think he can get back to? And was he right? even if it's a little disappointing for him to miss the U.S. Open. Well, yeah, that's obviously his decision. If he thought he was ready to play and compete and challenge, he would have played, but he he, he doesn't. So um, I only saw him play the one match, a uh, singles match against Cascade. I mean, not surprisingly, he looked tentative and, you know, not sure of his movement and you know, play, et cetera. Uh, it's getting sort of the cobwebs out. Not everyone can take six months off and have a surgery like Roger did and then go win a major. So that was sort of superhuman. Um, Andy's injuries more serious, I, I think. Um, I'm not exactly sure. You know, he talked about being in pain all the time. I mean, listen, if the guy's healthy, he'll be back in the top 10. If he's not able to move, I mean, a lot of his game relied on moving. If he's not going to be able to move at least very close to what he was, it's, it's, I don't think he's going to be able to keep playing. That's my personal opinion. I don't think he'd want to keep playing if he was 50 in the world or whatever. 20, you know, but if he did feel like uh, he could move and, and, and he wasn't in pain, I 
firmly believe that he could make, uh, you know, whether he could win majors, that's a different thing. But I definitely believe he could, you know, get back to the top ten. I mean, the guy, the guy knows how to win. All right, we will uh, go back to the top and see who we can, uh, can give a second chance to. Let's start with Rory Carroll at Reuters and then Helene at the LA Times. Great. Thanks again, Dave. Um, Chrissy, uh, the women's side of the draw, it just, to me, it feels very open. I'm just wondering, do you see it that way this year? And then who do you consider the favorite? Who are the dark horses? And who are, who, who are the biggest question marks? It is very open. You are correct. <laughs> um, I, when I am asked to pick anybody for the last two years at a Grand Slam, I say the name without conviction because, I mean, we're, we're forced as commentators to pick somebody, which I hate. I'd like to see how, you know, the, they're playing the first few rounds. But um, I, I, Serena always comes to mind first because I always feel that it's a fit Serena, a healthy Serena um, is still going to beat everybody. I mean, the, the matches are almost uh, only on her racket. Um, she looks like she's uh, as fit as she has been since she's come back in the last year and a half. She did reach the finals you know, of, of uh, Cincinnati. And then, yeah, she pulled out because of back spasms. But, I mean, she's still getting the finals of all these tournaments. Nobody else is as consistently reaching the finals like Serena. Uh, I'm, and I'm wondering if this um, U.S. Open crowd will really embrace her and sort of inspire her to come out and play her best tennis. Because I think she's still get, she's going to get that 24 somehow. Um, I really have faith in her. But at the, at the other end of the coin, as time goes on, there are more and more great women that are coming out of the woodwork and playing really well. And as we saw, Andreescu and Madison Keys, you, uh, she's a dark horse. You know, she won the, the tournament in Cincinnati, um, playing with a little more patience and much better moving. Uh, Simona Halep, I think, is the most solid of all of them and, and dependable. Um, Naomi could be like Serena and just feel inspired playing here again. You know, she hasn't had a great hardcore season. So, I mean, there, there are probably eight to 10 women and, but haven't we said this the last two years, you know, women's tennis is just not dominant anymore by anybody. It's <laughs> the story is just the depth of the game and it, you have to admire that and celebrate it. That's great. Thank you. All right. We move on to Helene Elliott at the L.A. Times, and then it's Barbara Barker at Newsday. Hi. Uh, my question uh, was for Chris and uh, was concerning Serena. You just said that you believe she'll win that 24. Uh, do you believe yeah. it will be at the U.S. Open? And just, uh, you know, talking about the injuries she's had, though, does that not – does that give you any pause in terms of, you know, back spasms? She's had pectoral muscle. She's had knee problems. Yeah. Um, does that give you any reason to think, hmm, this could really be a tough go? You know, I think um, 
I, I don't know. I just have a lot of belief in Serena. I've just seen her come back from adversity so many times in the last 20 years. And the one added component that she has now that I probably overlook is what you said, is age and is in, and our injuries. Um, because the body, even though she looks unbelievable when she plays, to play like that for seven matches is a tough task to ask a 38-year-old, very much like a Roger Federer. It's tough to ask him. I still feel, though, she has the highest ceiling of all the players. And at her best, she's better than anyone. Can she do that for seven matches? You know, that's, that's the real question. So I think her opportunities are running out. And I think this is this and maybe the Australian Open are, are, could be the last two. Um, maybe she has two or three more Grand Slams than that's it. Thank Excuse me, don't know what that was. Okay, uh, let's go to, now to uh, Barbara Barker at Newsday and then Tara Sullivan in Boston. Uh, yeah, Christy, uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, that tennis is still the sport that gets pretty much number one with girls, and I, I think a big part of that is... Um, a big part of that is it's, you know, they've been so beyond everyone else as far as paying, you know, women equally to men. And my question following up on that is, you know, every time, you know, I write about that, I get all these emails, everyone wants to know, why don't they play the same number of sets? Would you like to see that happen in big tournaments, whether it be five or three with men and women? Uh, Isn't that the question of the year? (laughs) Sorry. Um, Sorry. I, you know, I... No, I wouldn't like to see women play three out of five. Um, but as the era is changing, the rules are changing, and the and the uh, everything seems to be changing, or everyone's looking for changes in tennis. If it came down to um, semis and finals for women, uh, I wouldn't be opposed to that. If it came down to the last two, but I don't know how you can go two two out of three sets, and then all of a sudden semis and finals. So that probably doesn't make sense as I talk myself into this. Um, okay. I'm, a tra- I'm a traditionalist. I like, I, I like the three out of five sets for the men. I think the greatest matches, the John McEnroe matches, the Bjorn Borg matches, the Rafa Nadal, the greatest matches we remember are three, are three out of five sets, go down to, come down to five sets or four or five sets. And I just think two out of three sets, um, that is too much of a stretch for me to think about that. So I'd like to keep it the way it is, two out of three for the women, three out of five for the men. Let's, we can change other things in tennis, but maybe keep that. John, do you have an opinion on this? Um, you know, we've been uh, people's attention spans in general are so much shorter than they used to be that I think if anything they're looking for ways to shorten men's matches in a way because right. uh, of the issues uh, with the, the amount of time that you're out there and just two people. So if anything, I would probably go the other way. And I would, I mean, to me, I've always wanted tiebreakers at all the majors and six all. I would even propose maybe even sooner than that, three all. Uh, I don't know, you know, but something that where. I think after four, three, four hours, you know, you get a pretty, now, it, there's except, you know, the match at Wimbledon when it went to 12-all, that was, you know, it was amazing. You're talking about these two greats that could stay with it for five hours. Most human beings can't do that, and the level of play starts dropping pretty steadily at, at a certain time. 
So it's a, it's a tough call, but I, I, if anything, I'd probably I'd go the other way, like with the men playing a little bit shorter. Thank you. Okay, and we will finish up this hour of uh, good tennis conversation with Tara Sullivan at the Boston Globe. John, if you don't mind, I was just going to follow up before, and I, I love what you were saying about, you know, respecting the old guard, but maybe seeing some new blood. I'm just curious, as someone who appears to be a big sports fan in general, do you feel like that in a lot of sports? In other words, are you sick of seeing Tom Brady win the Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, I think this, uh, you get to a point where you you obviously, I mean, I mean, I'm a Jet fan, so you watch and you're like, oh my God, and you know, I want the Giants to do well, and you see Brady winning everything, but you you admire that, you you know, this guy is so driven and. Um, he makes players around him better that you, if you'd be an idiot if you didn't respect what he's done and, 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 and say that's one of the most incredible feats in history. But you do want to see other people like, um, you know, you want to see the young player, Mahomes step by. You want to see other guys. I mean, that's me. You know, I, I spread, spread the wealth a bit, I suppose. I guess to make a long story short. It does seem like these guys, they have 20 and 16 these three guys and and then there's almost everyone else has one or none you know Vavrinka's got three um Murray's not playing it's just slim pickings you know so uh you'd like to see people because you know, listen these guys have been out here in a lot of cases for 10 years or more also and then you got these young guys uh, that are, are going to be our future in a way so I, I think that it would be better for tennis if some of these young guys actually beat the, you know, the Novak of the world or Rafa or Roger before they actually quit. It's not like they finally win because they stop. You'd like to see them actually compete against them. You know, to me, that would be more interesting. Thank you. Okay, with that, we will wrap things up. I appreciate everybody's uh, involvement, interest, and uh, your time this afternoon. Again, the main draw starts Monday, and ESPN has exclusive live coverage for the two weeks. With that, thank you, everybody, and have a good day.